Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Visionary Voices, a podcast series by Linklaters. I'm Claire Neal. On this podcast, we will be talking to successful women in business and law who are based out here in the Middle East. We're going to be asking them to share their journey so far, any challenges that they have faced, and their vision for a future generation. Joining us for our fourth episode is Brooke Lindsay. Brooke is the acting general counsel of the EAND Group, the UAE's biggest telecom operator, formerly known as Atisalat, and also serves as a board member on various organizations. Before this, Brooke was a lawyer in private practice based first in Australia and then in Abu Dhabi. Brooke's career spans nearly 20 years, and today she's joining us to talk about corporate life and the opportunities and challenges she's faced along the way. Brooke, thank you for joining us today. So Brooke, tell us about your journey and what brought you to the Middle East in the first place. Actually, it's my my now husband that brought us to the Middle East to begin with. Um, an opportunity came up for him following a deal that he'd been working on and he came home and told me about it and, uh, and actually thought Sydney was a pretty great place to stay at that point in time. Uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't see eye to eye on that and, and thought actually Abu Dhabi, which I'd never been to at that point in time, could be a really great move for both of us. Australia, despite being a fabulous country, is literally in the middle of nowhere. And so the opportunity to move to the Middle East and closer to the rest of the world seemed pretty appealing you know, from the perspective of broadening our careers, the ability to travel and, and do something really different compared to what we had done, you know, to date at that point of time. So that was really the reason why we moved to Abu Dhabi. Uh, I hadn't been here before. I remember looking out the plane of the window and just seeing a vast amount of sand on landing and wondering what I had gotten us into. But with a suitcase packed, uh, we took on the challenge and we, we have now lived here for almost 15 years and it has really become our home. Well, you're right that there is certainly a lot of sand. <laughs> um, um, thank you for sharing that, Brooke. Um, and as I think you're aware, the reason that this podcast came about is because we wanted to have conversations with women about their challenges and, and how they're helping to break the bias in their own organizations. And Brooke, obviously you're really well placed to reflect on this because you've worked across multiple jurisdictions and often for you in very male dominated environments. So I'd really like to hear your views on some of the challenges and biases that you have seen during the course of your career and what should organizations be doing to tackle issues of bias? It's a really tricky question. Um, you know, I would I would start by saying that I think that I've been really lucky, particularly in the earlier stages of my career. You know, way back when I was doing my my articles, that my mentor at that time was was a male partner who really was at the forefront of thinking on this issue of gender bias and diversity. And you know, if you if you take yourself back fifteen years wasn't really something that was at the forefront of sort of corporate agendas. Um, but, but he absolutely was on it, had his finger on the pulse with it. And I, you know, I think those early formative years, I was super lucky to have somebody championing my career and my progression from a really early stage um, and, and really championing women in the workplace um, and, and their standing. So I think I've been relatively lucky in that regard that I got off to a really great start. Um, of course, as your career progresses, you cross all sorts of people um, from all different walks of views in respect of, of diversity. I, I have had times in my career where I have been told um, that 
because I'm a female, I might not be appropriately, uh, might not be the appropriate person to handle certain issues in a jurisdiction that is very much male dominated. Um, that of course was met with absolute rage on my part and just inspired me more to make sure that I would prove everybody wrong, that I was perfectly capable, if not more capable to, to deal with those challenges. As an organization, EAND is, is absolutely alive to the issue of, of gender bias. And in fact, the, the International Women's Day that we recently celebrated, there were, there were storyboards in the foyers of all of the HQ offices around the UAE. And it was really fabulous to see that change was alive and well that people were participating in it, that they weren't dismissing it, that it wasn't just an issue for women. You could see that everybody who contributed to those, you know, those thought boards and the activities throughout the day to sort of bring further attention to, to the issue of gender bias was a really great diverse mix of, of people across the organization. So I think that culture change is alive and well, particularly in this organization. And a huge amount of thanks has to go to our group CHRO, who herself is a visionary woman um, in the corporate world um, for championing that, you know, in her role as CHRO at Eddie Salash. For myself, in terms of managing gender bias, I think the starting point is really that you just need to be alive to it. Um, I have an incredibly diverse team. I, I have equal numbers of women and men. I have, I have people that have disabilities. And as an organization, I think we are sufficiently mature in order to, to deal with all of that and to make sure that everybody feels like they can be their whole self at work. And that's something as an organization that we are really working towards making sure the culture reflects. So I really hope that we get to a place sometime in the future, not least for my daughter, that we're not actually having sort of discussions around gender bias. I'm, I'm all for positions being given to people um, on, on the basis absolutely of merit. But I think in order to get to that position, we, we need to be aware and very much alive um, to and challenge, challenge the gender bias that, 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 we, that we face at the moment. Thank you so much, Brooke, for sharing that. I think you made some really brilliant points. And I particularly like what you said around just being aware of biases and then just having the courage to call them out when we see them. Um, so that brings me on to my last question, um, which is what is the one piece of advice that you would like to give any young women who are listening to us today or junior lawyers who are, who are coming up in the corporate ranks? Slightly controversial, but it, uh, it would be that you can't have it all. Uh, you, you, you can have it all, but you can't have the best of everything. And, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly impossible to be the best wife, the best mum, uh, you know, the best friend and best corporate lawyer in the world all at once. And, you know, you need to prioritise depending on where you are in your life or what's going on, which of it it is that sort of comes first in that order. Um, I'd like to think I always put my family first, but, you know, I, I hear this saying all the time but you can have it all and I really do think that it puts women in the wrong mindset that that it is possible to be the best at all of those things when something has to give because you're only human and there's only a certain amount of time in a day that you have in order to be all of those things so you know you uh, I, I would hope that my children would say that I do a pretty good job of being their mom, that my husband would say that I'm a good wife. And, um, and I guess my organization as a reflection of sort of where I am right now says that I'm doing an okay job at my, you know, at, at being the GC as well. But, um, but, but that's the one piece that always sort of sticks with me when I'm 
talking to sort of junior lawyers and, and giving them advice. Thank you so much, Brooke. As you know, this series aims to celebrate women and their individual journeys. And so hearing about your story and perspective today has been fascinating and it's certainly given me something to think about. So thank you very much for joining us today, Brooke. It's been great to have you on board. Thanks so much for having me, Claire. Throughout this podcast series, we've been speaking to inspiring women about their stories and how they've taken on various opportunities and challenges. Thanks to everyone at Linklaters who helped us pull this podcast together the Middle East DNI team for getting behind the idea to do the series and providing the platform for it. Tushbu and Cecilia and the digital marketing team for website design, comms and marketing. Everyone at the film and media team for audio editing and design. And Raluca and Patrick for bringing this podcast together and making it happen. Tune into the next episode to hear more from another interesting speaker wherever you get your podcast. Wow.